Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Jack Scarf from The Mortgage Mentor with me. I'm excited to speak to Jack as he only set up his business three weeks ago, but he has been a mortgage advisor for about five years now. I feel it's going to give a really good insight into how he started and built a business during what some people may have considered one of the worst years for business last year. So I'm really excited to get into that, Jack. Jack has been featured on the Accord Growth Series podcast, and he gave an insight into how 2020 went for him and what he sees happening for 2021. We had a bit of a chat before the podcast started, and it sounds like he's got loads of exciting stuff happening this year. So it's going to be great to get into that. So thanks very much for coming on, Jack. How are you today? You're right. Yeah, good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the introduction. Very, very kind words. But yeah, no, good. And uh, looking forward to getting to this and uh, offering some value to people. Awesome. Let's jump into it then. So first question, bit of an easy one. Where did Mortgage Mentors come from then? The company name? <laughs> well, topical, I suppose, based on the podcast. But oh. I done some social media content um literally just giving away free value to people it kind of started probably around a year or so ago in relation to the mortgage repayment holidays um and stamp duty holiday and how they worked because yeah they're they're great titles and they're might be in the news headlines but the people actually know what they mean and if you're not in the industry day to day what why should you um so recorded some content put that out just to help people really not thinking anything of it and then I was inundated with inquiries, people getting in touch, people asking questions. And when we were looking for a company name, it was like, well, people, some people see me as a mentor anyway. Some people yeah. had joked about it. And it seemed like kind of a match made in heaven, really. And then obviously we looked on Companies House, et cetera, and, <laughs> and the name was free. So, <laughs> so we went with it. It's interesting you say that because I had this conversation with a, with a broker last week that you talking about payment holidays and how a mortgage works to you it's quite trivial it's everyday conversations and if you're speaking to your peers it's kind of like common knowledge to you but to people that don't deal with mortgages every day it's mind-blowing and it is like that you're it is that you're like a mentor to them so it's all about as you said giving as much value as possible and you become a thought leader in that area then don't you Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, a lot of the knowledge I may have picked up over years of being in the industry. So before even being a broker, I was a compliance manager at a network and worked for banks for years as well. Um, But a lot of it will be because I'm continuously going on courses and learning more things, speaking to different lenders or, you know, attending networking events to grow my knowledge. So, you know, if I can pass that on, then great. Um, So, yeah, I, I hope in a way that people would see me as a mentor, but only if they think that information is valuable and they're gaining from it so it seems like that's the case so i'll continue to do it for as long as uh long as there's right. value there for people i'm going to get into when we get into the social media section i really want to kind of drill down into that mortgage payment holiday video and what the content was we'll move on to that in a bit but sure. i wanted you to tell me and the audience how did you get into this world you mentioned you're in compliance before yeah so i worked for Lloyd's for years and then I went to work for one of the biggest uh, mortgage networks in the UK as a compliance manager which is a really good starting point actually and was overseeing mortgage brokers 
and learning about how they did the job. I did my CMAP qualifications then, which you'll need to become a, a mortgage broker in the UK. And we were having some interesting conversations. I was learning a lot from the brokers then. And to be perfectly honest, from a selfish point of view, they were earning, you know, three, four times what I was earning. And the job seemed a lot more exciting as well. Yeah. So I kind of thought for someone like myself who is curious and always wants to learn and develop, um, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll have a go at that. Now, it's not being plain sailing. And um, I've had a, a lot of hiccups and, and mistakes along the way and, and learned a hell of a lot. And I've worked for a few different firms where I've got a really good grounding before going to my most recent firm for about two and a half years where it really was, you know, what you'd call whole of market, which is quite rare nowadays. Uh, I put mortgages with 40 different lenders in 2019, which is, you know, unheard of really. A lot of brokers only have access to about 25, 26 lenders. So, um, yeah, got a hell of a lot of knowledge from that. And, um, yeah, so I've got a good ground having worked in estate agents or new build sites so um yeah that's kind of how i how i got into it and then having used lots of different lenders and got lots of different um knowledge i just found that the solution finding part of the job really enjoyable um and uh, i've never looked back since really yeah you don't and i mean people probably agree with me you don't really strike me as somebody who would be sat in front of a computer every day doing compliance <laughs> you want to be out <laughs> speaking to people because I don't know if you can pick it up but Jack talks quite a bit so <laughs> that's fair it's but that's that's the best part and that's how I try and speak to people about social media and we're going to get onto that in a bit but it's all about being yourself it's been about a personable person and, and being able to build those relationships with your clients and to me I don't see you as a person that would just be sat behind a computer all day every day no, fair. And I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I probably had a shelf life as a compliance <laughs> manager, but the grounding was was really good and really important. Yeah. You can understanding, um, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, if, we, if we're coming back to social media in a minute, then, then stop me. But I think what you're saying there about being yourself, and that's just in life, really. Yeah, um, there's no point me putting a video out and then someone comes to you and you act completely differently because they're not going to want a relationship with you anyway because the relationship they've got is based on what they've seen so oh. if you're not congruent to that then what's the point so you'll see now uh, I don't know if I'm talking passionately or loudly but I do love being in the mortgage game I do find it really interesting I do really enjoy helping clients I'm not just saying it and people will you know my friends will often say that to me about you know well if you're that if you're this passionate with us and we're talking you know we're talking you about cricket play. or we're playing FIFA on the PlayStation or something God knows what you like with the <laughs> with the clients as well what would you say is the the best part of being a mortgage broker then for me it is when you can find a solution especially if another broker hasn't been able to do it right. so if a client goes to an estate agent say and they've only got access to 25 26 lenders and they're quite busy and they maybe can't be bothered or they don't have the knowledge because it's their first job as a broker because you've got to start somewhere and they say oh, we don't know how to deal with that they come to you you can find a solution in no time that the customer's really happy with and gets them their end goal that's the dream that's that's what it's all about um that's the best part. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, what's your setup at the minute then? Because we joked about this earlier that you have kind of escaped by going to an office, <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the setup is uh, luckily, and you know, um, I'm in an office now, in, based in Stansted, which is about an hour from from where I live, and 
there's me and one other broker who I'm training up, which is really enjoyable as well. And seeing him go through the early stage process where you are learning about all the different lenders and their criteria and all the different types of clients you can help is, um, I even find that enjoyable. So yeah, I've, I've escaped and uh, I, I worked at home for probably about a year, uh, which a lot of people are doing now, which is great. I really struggle with it. I love being in an office environment. And, um, you know, I would urge the people that are at home to try and break it up if you can with phone calls to friends, family, even colleagues. Um, make sure you're taking breaks away from your desk, even if it's for five, 10 minutes, as you would if you can go for a, a walk around the block or anything like that to try and keep your mental health strong because it can be really tough. Uh, and I've focused a lot in my life about improving your mental health self-development things like that and I think it's really important I think we are being tested at the moment so you know for everyone that is still at home hopefully we're nearly coming out the other side and you you're all doing great to to be keeping going in this kind of environment and uh, yeah hopefully we come out the other side soon how are you going to find it moving back into appointment world because would you prefer to carry on doing Zoom appointments or would you prefer the face-to-face interaction? Whatever's right for the client, I suppose. I've been doing quite a lot of Zoom meetings, but I've always really dealt on the phone. Have so you? when I went to new build sites, I did face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But other than that, typically it's been on the phone because nowadays you can do all the documentation to- um, side of things online anyway, via email, as long as it's secure. Um, and you can get all the information over the phone. So, you know, it's never hindered us. It shouldn't be too much of a drastic change and hopefully other brokers are seeing that that actually you can do a lot of it on the phone to kind of save them and the client's time and, and hassle potentially and, and from your business point of view uh, again speaking to a broker about their saturday appointments they can do double the amount of appointments on a saturday now by being on the phone yeah you don't, there you go. and you you almost giving that client a better quality experience because if one of your appointments is 10 minutes late running to the office everything mm-hmm. gets I saw it being an estate agent in the office. You, you kind of have that awkward moment. You'd be like, the mortgage broker's there, but they're running 15 minutes late because the previous person turned up 10 minutes yeah. late and the previous one before that was five. And yeah. it, it can help you block your diary out a lot more efficiently from a business point of view for you running a business. Yeah, from a business point of view, I think it's great. And I think you'll find that a lot more people are working that way. A lot of bigger firms will probably have more work from home things as well to eradicate that you know and then people have got more time rather than traveling to and from the office as well so yeah i think in some ways as disastrous as it's been the last couple of years the pandemic um there have been some positives to come out of it and hopefully if if we as brokers can help more people that can only be good yeah i remember when i worked in an estate agent only up until probably three years ago when i worked for a big corporate i was always a big believer that they should have offered telephone appointments for mm-hmm. people out of area and they were yeah. always against it always said you need to get the client in front of them and i'm thinking well you could you don't just have to pick up business for people that can come to the office why not do telephone appointments they could be in skegness or they could be in cornwall you're still going to mm-hmm. get their business if you're willing to do it over the phone and i think yeah. a lot of like you said a lot of these big corporate companies are going to have to change the way that they do business to keep up yeah that's the conversation we were having earlier before we started exactly i, I think you'll find that in most industries and my dream my dream really would be for the mortgage market to be as uniform as possible so for all brokers to have access to the same training on all types of mortgages so they know that they're definitely adding value it shouldn't be the case go to one broker and get one answer go to another broker and get another so if everyone has access to the same lenders and the same training 
then that would eradicate that. So I think you'll find that in anything. People love communities and, and people love being part of something. So I, I would like to think if the service can be more bespoke to clients, then smaller firms may have bigger market shares and corporates that are quite set in their ways and not willing to adapt to, in your scenario, you know, clients that don't live locally and doing face-to-face. You know, is that sustainable? I don't know. Is that the right thing for the client? You know, is it for me to say? I don't know, but um, only hopefully. Time or something. Yeah. This yeah. time next year, it might be that everybody loves going back to the office because they're craving that human interaction. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <True>. But <laughs> yeah. it could be that, I mean, for me, personally, I'd like to do it over the phone because mm. I know I don't have to spend 20 minutes to the office, get into the office, meet the person, have that chit chat to start with. I just want to bum, right, what rate have we got? How much deposit do you need from me? When's it going to go through? That's but that's me as a person. I like it. You know what I mean in the yeah. system. But um, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned community because this is where we're going to move on to the social media. Being part of a community is the same as being like a follower on your social media channel. So, how important do you feel social media is for your business? Well, for me, as you say already, you know the mortgage mentors and and, and some people call me the mortgage mentor. It's um, it's been massive uh it was maybe unintentional at the start i was literally just trying to help kind of friends and family really and and has escalated so yeah we're talking about where my clients come from and it might be you know people that i haven't spoken to for 15 years that i used to be at school with that might have seen a a video that i've put out on facebook and it might be people that i've never met on linkedin that are reaching out and getting in touch so yeah on them social media for me has been really important a revelation in a way so talk me through this mortgage payment holiday what made you want to do the video and was there hesitance at the beginning of doing that video no hesitant there ironically no (laughs) no hesitation really in terms of as i said i've spent a long time focusing on self-development and focusing on myself and ultimately if it if i send out a video and it helps 50 people and 100 people think i'm an idiot then i'm all right with that because 50 people have still been helped so i don't really worry and that'd be my advice to anyone really is just go for it um you know ready fire aim you can sort out how good you are afterwards just get it done first and then sort that out after and, and done is the new perfect, whatever expression you want to use. So no, no hesitancy really on getting it out. And I think the reason that I, I would have put it out would be because I'll try and educate people on everything. As you quite rightly said earlier, a lot of people that aren't in the industry might think, you know, what the hell is that? I don't, I don't know what that means. It was all over mainstream media. And I just think it's a, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. So I won't watch, you know, the news and things like that. I live in my own little bubble because I just think it's really negative and it's, it's not good for you to be watching the news all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I was aware that people were being informed or being told that you could take mortgage repayment holidays. And it sounds great, right? So you can take a payment from your holiday, uh, payment from your mortgage, sorry. And, and you don't have to pay it. Perfect. Well, actually, in reality, it's not quite as simple as that. And it does mean that your mortgage will be extended. Let's say you miss three months or you arrange, you call your lender and they say, yeah, you can miss your payments for three months. Effectively, you don't make any payment at all. And it won't mark your credit file. What a dream. Well, actually, that interest is still going to accrue. So your mortgage is going to be extended by three months. You're going to have three extra payments to make. And the interest is going to accrue on the balance between now and then. 
So in the long run, is that the right thing for people? Probably not. People were then also finding that they would try and remortgage or do a product transfer of their existing lender. And they couldn't because they'd taken these mortgage repayment holidays. So hasn't marked your credit file, in inverted commas, actually could stop you getting a mortgage is really important. It's important that people know that rather than just see a headline and clickbait that says you can take a mortgage repayment holiday. So you'll never see me put anything out on social media that is just clickbait with no value that sounds better than it is i also try and steer away from future predictions and i'm sorry if that is one of your questions chris in no, a minute. i don't know not at all but in, in terms of you know or oh, what do you think is going to happen at, in six months time etc because a lot of that is just if people are doing that if it gets right they can then you know if they're right then they can look back and go oh, i said this six months ago but also you may have said 100 things that were wrong and no one's focusing on that so i just try and focus on the facts pros and the cons and then let people have this so i've done videos on you know shared ownership and things like that i've heard property investors you know really famous property investors just saying that it's a scam or you know you're trapped well, no it's just not the case it's just not the case but people need to know the good things and the bad things about it uh, and i know people that have bought with shared ownership and five years later they own the whole house and now they're on the property ladder and they've got loads of equity and it's great um so you know, is it for us to say whether it's good or bad? No, I think we should just give out the facts and, and let people know. And I think with the mortgage repayment holiday, come back to your original question 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, That's good. I'm, I'm soaking all this in. This is great. Good. Well, yeah, good. As long as there's value there and it's, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the people are staying with us, then great. I think with the mortgage repayment holiday, there was a lot of information missed and it was just a headline. And I thought it was important to point out the facts. And how many leads did you get from that one video? Um. And there's a reason. I, I, I probably, yeah, I, I probably couldn't put an exact number on it. Let's say, let's say I only got three or four leads from it. Okay, and was was that within the like first week or two weeks of that video going live? Yeah, I okay. would say. I would say, let's say there was only three or four leads from it. There might have been thirty or forty people that got value from the video. Yeah. There might have been ten or fifteen people that now realise that. I'm a mortgage broker and I could potentially help them. Um, there might be five or six people that I haven't spoken to for a while that have now got in touch. I've built, you know, friendships again from there. So I think there's a lot of value and a lot of non-tangible stuff as That's well in I'm terms of say. Put, puts out a video, gets a direct end result. So, so from that video, what you've done, and the reason I've said this, you've put out a video, you've got three leads from it, you've influenced probably 50 people out of the 100 people that have watched it. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you've got to realise that Jack never once in that whole video or in the last five minutes of talking ever spoke about pitching for business. There was no end to the video to say, call me. There was nothing to say, come and use my business. Yet three or four people got in touch with you. And this is where we need to have this thought process about social media and giving value and giving content is you don't do everything to see a direct tangible return. You do it because you want to help the audience. And that could be in written form, in video, in speech, however it may be. But what you can't do is expect or demand people get in touch with you with every video because yeah. Jack's just proven it there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I've had, social media experts telling me that I should tout more and I should include things like that in it. But that's not what I'm, <laughs> sounds strange, doesn't it? But that's not what I'm doing it for. Genuinely just trying to help people. And I hope that sincerely that comes across.
Um, yeah. And, you know, if it does, then great. Or, as you say, it's loaded non-tangible stuff in there as well. It might set off people in WhatsApp groups and stuff to then start chatting and it can escalate from there or whatever. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I will never um, kind of tout for it. And I'll even say to clients, if they, I had someone come to me today, they said they're speaking to another broker. They've already got an agreement in principle. Well, you know, how did you find that broker? Have you verified them? Are they five-star rated like I am? If they are, I'm not into treading anyone's toes. If they're going to get you what you need, uh, you know, I'm not really in that game. I'm just trying to help people. And if they want my help, then great. I'm not trying to tread on any other broker's toes. It's, true. You it's I mean. exactly the same as um, I was trained in the estate agency world. When you went out to mm. an appointment and you were, you were pitching for the business, you kind of ask the question at the end, you'd say, look, if I've been through everything and I, you don't feel I'm the best agent for you, then don't use me. I obviously mm. haven't done my job right to show you as to why I'm the best. Yeah. And most people would turn around then and go, actually, to have the confidence to say that, like you've said, if you don't want to use me for one reason or another, I'm not going to sit there and beg you. Yeah. I obviously haven't done enough to prove to you that I am the best person for yeah. you. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think you can take that as far as you want. I think there are some brokers that, are willing to help there are some that would keep their advice to themselves but yeah. i think that look i'm going to put everything out there and if someone wants to do it better than me then great and that for me is kind of to spur me on to make sure that we are the best and that's part of our company vision is to make sure that we can tell as many people as possible that they are able to get a mortgage even if they've been told that they can't and we want to make sure we're the best company to do it and that's where you pitch yourself different mm. yeah. so talking about the videos you've set up an actual youtube channel haven't you do you find that your content's different on there than it is to your other social channels? Yeah, so you really need to dig into what people are looking for on different platforms. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, broadly, LinkedIn is more professional. While it is now more colloquial than it was, it is still the most professional network. You know, Instagram is obviously, and Facebook is probably you know, the biggest, so maybe the broadest that the lowest common denominator, if you see what I mean, for the kind of audience that you're looking to get. So I think you need to know what you're looking for and then tailor yourself to that. In terms of my YouTube, the I also run a property investment firm. So the, the YouTube is set up for that property investment firm rather than the mortgage mentors, which is the mortgage brokerage. So that is going to be kind of a, a work in progress and something that we've discussed. So yes, I would say the content on that is specifically tailored for property investors, people looking for their first buy to let or even portfolio landlords. But there is still a lot of value there for the day-to-day -day man just looking to buy his first house. So that's another way that you can generate leads, um, yep. another way for you to get leads. How do you, this is going more of a business point of view, how do you generate leads? Because your company's only a few weeks old, how have you yeah. generated leads? Where do you get them from? Well, you're right, Chris. And that was one of the biggest concerns with kind of making the leap and, and going out on my own was where are the leads going to come from? And I'm sure a lot of brokers listening have had the same concern. Yeah. Um, I, I've been flattered with the amount of clients that have got in touch with me because obviously I haven't been able to go directly to my clients. I've also had a lot of referrals from clients that I've had before that have referred someone on that I've never spoken to. I get quite a lot through social networking. So as I say, people from LinkedIn that I've never met people from Facebook that I used to go to school with. I've got one of the biggest property investors in the UK uh, who, when they run a, a property investment course, they put me in the back as the, you know, the if you need a broker, contact details here, if you need a solicitor, details here, et cetera. A couple of estate agents as well. So as you all know, someone goes into a estate agent, um, they want to buy a house, haven't got a mortgage, they'll refer to me. And the reason why is because the first couple of times they've put someone over to me, I've helped that client when they've been told that they couldn't get a mortgage elsewhere. 
and it's great for an estate agent because if you're sat there waiting to try and get that sale agreed, you want to be able to put your trust in a broker that you think that they'll be able to get them a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, spot on, absolutely. And I've kind of positioned myself there with the straightforward stuff is great. It's nice and easy. But, you know, here's the thing is that I think in the years to come, the brokers that are adding the most value are the ones that are still going to be around and thriving. So that's why I think it's good that when, you know, Habito and all these online guys are going at it, fine. There's a place in the market for them, I think. But for the complex stuff where people really need time saved or value added or, you know, find a mortgage they, they couldn't find online, I think that's where we need to be. So that's where we're where we're trying to be for sure. Like you say, you're adding value and it brings me perfectly back round to social media that you get your face out there a lot on social media, don't you? Do you know what I mean? People, yeah. Your yeah. Instagram is full of feeds and photos of your family doing, if you watch some of your IGTV videos, obstacle courses in the summer last year in the garden. You've done your research, Chris. <laughs> it's like I do it for a living, isn't it? It's yeah. <laughs> um, but it's how important is it to show that personality? Do you know what? This is that is a really interesting question. I, I would love to get your thoughts on this, actually, because I have built a brand and a reputation based on the fact that I'm the expert. And if you, for example, if you needed open heart surgery, would you go to the guy next door who's really nice to you and he's got a couple of kids just like you have? Or would you go to the guy who you know as 100% rate of saving people's lives by doing the heart surgery you go to the guy who's the expert right i'm, I'm guessing yeah. um and that's how i kind of built everything that i've got really but if i speak to any social media expert mortgage broker or otherwise they will tell me that i need to do more of posting with the kids and posting with the family and showing the softer side etc in finance, does that take something away from your professionalism? Does that take something away from the fact that you are the expert? I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I do know is that I get a lot of, or most of my leads probably from LinkedIn, where I don't do any family stuff at all. It's all straight down the line. It's all professional. But at the same time, if, you know, my, my philosophy basically is if someone's an expert, I copy what they're doing and I'm going to be as good as them in theory. Yeah. So if everyone's telling me that's already done it, that is what I need to do, then maybe I do need to change my approach, but I'm reluctant in a way because of the success that I've had. But you're right, on Instagram and Facebook, I do put a lot out with the family and I do still get leads from that as well, but I would say I get fewer than I do from LinkedIn. So where do you stand on that? It has to be a mix. So what happens is when I start working with people, um, mortgage brokers that don't really use social media on a personal level, I start to create the glossy content, what I call it, the procured content that is has it's very branded, it's very colour orientated. Then after a few months, we then have the conversation, right, how do we take it to the next level? We mm. need to show people, yes, we offer remortgages, mortgages, income and protection, etc. But we need to show the person behind the computer. And there has to be a mix of that. Perfect example I always use is the likes of Richard Branson that yes, you, you know he's a very cute businessman and you know that he can run businesses and he posts about his successes by releasing books, doing news articles. That's his professional side. But then you see him hanging off the back of the catamaran. You know what I mean? You see him in, yeah. in his um, <clears throat> crew uniform when he, when he launched Virgin Airways. That to me is the perfect mix of showing your personality and your personal side and the business side. 
There should there should be an equal mix of the two of them. Yeah. And if people are reluctant to showing too much of their personal life, I always say we need to get your face out more, out there more. Then so it might be putting photos of them on their posts. So they're getting used to your face, but they're tying it to the business posts. Yeah. It works differently for different people. I can see what you mean that, yes, sometimes it can become too much where if you're just uploading photos of you and the family, okay, yeah, he's a lovely guy, but the other guys told me 10 tips about how to get the best mortgage. I'm yeah. going to go to them because they position yeah. themselves as a specialist. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, which is probably where I could do with a full-time expert to make sure I'm utilizing it the most because I'm probably quite naive in a business. Okay. I run a mortgage brokerage now and um, training staff and whatever, but fundamentally for me, you know, I, I am the guy that uh, has two children at home and loves them to bits and um, dedicated a lot of my life to make sure that that is the fundamental part. And I have spent a lot of time going into schools and giving speeches about finances and mental health and things like that to try and give back. Yeah. Cause that's what I believe in. So I think in a sense, from a business point of view, you know, we're going to give 10% of our profit to charity. And um, I, I know that as I grow where I want to be, which is teaching, you know, kids at 15 to 19, that they don't have to just suffer mental health problems. They can actually overcome them and they can thrive. And if they want to run their own business then they can do that, or, you know, if they want to be the head of the family, that they can do that or retire, whatever the case may be. So that's my kind of drive. So I think in business to an extent, I get, I'm probably a little bit naive because maybe I'm too nice if you see what I mean and I want to give too much back so maybe it's a point that I don't know enough about social media all I'm really doing is releasing videos to try and add value to try and help people whereas maybe I should be you know funneling it in and I should be promoting myself more I don't know but the yeah, fundamental is just to help if you see what I mean yeah so you're you're adding as much value as possible and that's like I've said that video about mortgage payment holiday as an example that's great that's perfect but there does have to come to a time to say look I've of giving you all this content and <laughs> we were talking about Gary V and people get bored of me talking about Gary V but he talks about he gives this much value but when he's got a product to sell he say he releases a new book he mm. will push everything out of that book somebody mm. will do up a call up to the show and he he kind of says look have you got content have you got value from my content yet yeah, we'll buy five copies yeah. if I've given you all this content for five years you can buy five copies from me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's, got, he's got raving fans by then, hasn't he? So people yeah. will do anything he says. And rightly so. I read Crushing It the other day, actually. I listen to audiobooks predominantly rather than reading. And I, I um, yeah, I just finished it recently. Uh, amazing. And I remember watching him in an interview with Grant Cardone and they were talking about the optimal amount of free content rather than stuff that you charge for. Mm -hmm. And he said to Grant Cardone, well, what are you doing at the moment? And he said, I'll probably do about 8% free and about 20% that I would charge for. And Gary said, well, you need to make it 81.19 then. Almost as if to say, you know, like, yeah, when you've got something good, go hard at it. Yeah. But most of the time, it needs to be free stuff that um, you're just value. giving away value. Yeah. That's a big takeaway. If anybody's listening to this, try and put as much content out there as possible. And I have spoken to people that aren't comfortable doing video. You can yeah. do long form written content. You can do a blog. Um, how about going onto Medium, on, onto the Medium website, it's called, and going on there and releasing voice notes of, of value. There's loads of ways to do it, but as long as you're giving your audience value, that's yeah. what social media should be for. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think everyone has a place for it. Um, my, my partner is a mortgage broker, for example. She would she deals with things completely different to me. Uh, she has a completely different approach. 
but she would be fantastic on something like Instagram with pictures and her clientele would be complete, but they would love her and she would have so many raving fans on there. It'd be unbelievable, but she's very shy and she has a good client bank already and is doing really well. So it doesn't necessarily have a, have a need to, but you're right. I think people could also write blogs and then they, people that re, are more willing to read than watch videos like I would, um, you know, they're going to associate with that. So I, I definitely think, yeah, putting the content out there, the biggest barrier is getting over doing the video or, um, you know, putting the blog out there. And ultimately that's more of a self-development thing than a mortgage thing, just in terms of getting to a point where you don't really care what people think of you because then ultimately it doesn't really matter. Um, and you're going to help more people than are going to take the mick out of you anyway, probably. I think a lot of people admire you for doing it. That's what I found when, when I started putting a lot, putting a lot more content out there a lot more people admired me for it rather than actually feel mm. me for it yeah they'll be really supportive especially if you're not particularly good or it's your first one or whatever yeah. people will know that and they'll think well would I do that probably not and they'll get on board with it now you're right a lot of people that you haven't spoken to for a while or you wouldn't expect to um are actually really supportive and that's a really good point Chris go and try I was going to ask have you ever done any Facebook lives or anything like that at all no I haven't no just didn't know no. how to go with them well no only because um i i wouldn't really know how to do it in terms of what the optimal way to do it is how long you do it for whereas youtube i've kind of seen enough youtube videos to know what you need to say at the start and at the end and how long they need to be and when you need to post them and stuff like that so yeah. no I, i'm open to doing anything but as i said to you we need to work out really when and how and do it consistently so is that something you deal with a lot then um, I haven't done my Facebook live myself personally. Mm. Um, just, just having time more than anything. I'll be completely honest with you. I know because you lo know Liam Nizam, don't you, from Rebus? Mm -hmm. They're, they're yeah. very big on Facebook lives, and they've really capitalised on that. And what you've got to realise with Facebook lives is they might you might not have hundred viewers of it there and then, but it's a yeah. saved video. It's a great way to make content, but hit two different audiences. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Leonese have got that nailed over at Rebus. They're doing really well. They're very consistent with the social media. There's every reason for people to love them. I completely understand why. And they're great at their jobs as well. So yeah. good guys and they're good at their jobs. So, um, yeah, I'm sure if they keep plugging away, that will that will continue yeah, to grow. But, right. yeah, and I know they do the Facebook Lives. And I understand the concept that you might only get a few people on there at the time, but people can go back to it afterwards, right? And they can get the value then, especially if it's stuff that is timeless, that doesn't expire or isn't, you know, topical right then necessarily. Um, help towards the, the content. And then, mm. so this part of the podcast, I actually got this question from listening to a lot of Gary Vee stuff because he talked about this. If somebody came up to you and said, social media is the root of all evil, I need to keep my children off it, what would your response to them be? I would, great question. Uh, I, I would say that, that uh, it, as, as diplomatically as I could, that that is quite an archaic view and I would try and make them see the benefits of it because I have children who are seven and nine and I completely understand the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they're not monitored, and they can just do what they want on there. It can be, there are some things that they, the kids come out with, and my daughter especially is bonkers, and she comes out with the funniest stuff. And she just wears her heart on her sleeve. So she would just say something that she's seen on YouTube and not think anything of it. I, I probably can't repeat some of it on here. <laughs> but um, 
I think if you're monitoring them, then it's a lot better. And in fact, I said to my partner the other day, we were just talking about work. And I said, my advice to most young people nowadays would probably be whatever, it's just going to sound like Gary Vee, but basically whatever you love, just do it as much as you can and just film the story and put it on YouTube. Now, in a way, it's lucky for me that I do love mortgages and I am really passionate about it because that's my job. And in a way, I've kind of brainwashed myself to be like that because there's no point, in my opinion, working for 45 years or something you hate. You might as well tell yourself that you enjoy it and get to that point, which I'm well past now. But I think if you love flower arranging or you love gardening or you love accounting, then just stick it all over social media and people will watch it. And you are then doing something that you love and you can create a business. I think I think it's something like you need 10,000 views before you can start putting adverts on and monetizing and whatever. But if you're sincere and you're honest and you're genuine and you do what you love, people will people will follow it. Um, and it presents, I, I think personally, it presents young people with so many more opportunities now. Than oh, yeah. It would have done. Uh, Oh, we're born at the right time, for sure. I mean, 50 years in the future would be even better. But, you know, if you ask someone, when would you love to be born? And they say, oh, early 1900s, it was better then. Or Well, you'd have been in a war or you'd have died at age 10. Definitely not. Like, whatever you want to do now, you can do it within reason obviously you probably can't fly but do you know what i mean so yeah, you've I got think... so many more opportunities and that's where i think social media is a is a point of positivity but as you said yes you need to monitor it especially for a seven and a nine-year-old that's very important for you and you, your partner to do that but the analogy that gary v uses is if you if somebody went to school and they absolutely loved pokemon but there was nobody in that school that loved pokemon 20 years ago they'd go home and sit in their room and they couldn't speak to anyone about it. Yet now they could go and they could go and find an Instagram channel that they could go and speak to people, other people that love Pokemon. And then it doesn't make them feel like they're an outcast in the world then, I think. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm I'm totally with you. So on the mortgage side, there are loads of ways of building a business. Social media is one. Maybe it is slightly slower. Maybe it's harder to measure. But, you know, I've had good responses from it. And I think, yeah, there's uh, social media for someone who especially... Well, we're all, we're all a lot younger than we realise, aren't we? People say, oh, I'm 30, I'm over the hill, whatever. You can always start now. You can always learn a new skill. You can always crack on with it. And if you're 45 and you're starting out as a mortgage broker, then people of that age maybe are more likely to follow you and interact with you. So, yeah, I think you're dead right. I think, And the communities now aren't local, are they? They're worldwide. They're topic-based more than Topic-based. Locality-based. Based. Based. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That leads me perfectly on to talking about location for the next question. And this is the <laughs> question of the Social for Brokers podcast. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What are the first things you do to start a brand new mortgage business? You don't know anything. Uh, well, are you asking me to say social media? Chris, <laughs> it sounds like you might be. No, no, I've, I've, there's been so many different answers on this. Um, it's great just to hear how people would start a brand new business. I think now would be... A- now would be a great time to do it because we're working from home anyway people are used to working from home and I always say if I could do it all over again I think if I was 18 19 and advising myself I would move further north I would buy somewhere really really cheap to live in and get a mortgage as soon as I could on that property to start paying down rather than renting and then 
get a good job from home rather than having to work in London or wherever, because you could yeah. do the job from anywhere and then you could build from there. So I suppose my answer to this would be, it doesn't matter if it's the Outer Hebrides or London or whatever. I think you would just learn and learn and learn and learn the best way of doing whatever it is that you love and then find the way to monetize that as soon as you could basically. And obviously social media would be a massive part of that. And I'm not just saying that because of the podcast, Genuinely, I think it would be a really good way of doing it. I do not think it matters where you live now in the UK, especially. I think you could you could build whatever business you want. I think all the resource, all the information is out there for you. Um, you've just got to learn. You could go on YouTube and watch as many videos as you want so on you, anything. So say if it was like a, a mortgage broker business, yeah, would you source out um, experts in the field and watch all their videos online before you started? creating your mortgage business what would you do to generate the leads always yeah so i mean i would just work out a business model that would that would work so i could find someone who is well like myself now i suppose anyone could come to me and i'm converting cold leads at 30 35 percent which i know in the industry is kind of not unheard of but very rare and very good yeah. if if people don't of what you do i can teach people to convert at you know 20 percent, and i could just buy cold leads off the internet and do that okay. so um, I, I would just work out a business plan that would would work and would stick to it. You might need to sink a little bit in, but we're in a good position. We're actually at the moment. You don't need to put much money in to start mm -hmm. a mortgage brokerage, actually. So, yeah, I would just find a model that works, find an expert and copy them. You do that at anything in life, Chris. Okay, so find, find an opinion. expert and copy them. That's what you'd... Yeah, yeah. Fund you know, fundamentally, that's what I believe in, yeah. Going back to your talking about the property investor that you've got good connections with, how did how did you stumble not stumble across because that sounds derogatory you must have worked really hard to build that relationship how did you do that because that would be great for somebody starting a brand new business yeah networking so that's another right. thing so i'm part of a big networking group in st Neots. i think there's about a thousand um business owners there they're kind of sole traders small limited companies small medium enterprises um and the property investment thing was just going on a variety of property investment courses being myself being sincere pitching myself as a mortgage broker as and when appropriate not touting for business just being honest if someone had a need and someone was asking then telling them one of the courses there was a thousand people or so pre-covid times obviously and i just stood up and explained my situation i thought it was a good position to do it and just said look you know i'm a mortgage broker if you've ever got something that's quirky you think you can't get a mortgage for you probably can um but you stood up in a thousand people in front of a thousand people yeah I, I, don't get don't get me wrong right so people people might listen to that and go oh you know he, he's confident or arrogant or whatever i i have always suffered with really bad anxiety and overwhelm and things like that okay. and even even you know leading up to asking you kind of just have to do it because i'm you know my palms are sweaty and, and cold and i get really really nervous but you've just got to do it anyway mm. because the alternative is you miss out on a massive opportunity and then you're going to regret that anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, speaking, I, I, I just stood up, spoke in front and said, this is what I do. Loads of people then after it finished would come and speak to me. Uh, and I, I pitched, the, pitched the, the property investor a couple of times. So I just went up to him and said, Look, you know, I, lo I love your content and stuff. I think what you're doing here is amazing. Um, I help people find mortgages often when other brokers can't. So if you ever get anything like that, it might just be worth trying us once or twice. Um, first time he batted it off, wasn't interested at all. Uh, second time he took a card didn't seem interested but obviously was so do you are you allowed to say who it is or are we going to keep that one quiet talk to uh, you <laughs> it doesn't really uh, 
<laughs> he's thinking about it. Doesn't really matter, I don't think. Well, I don't want anyone touting him, I suppose. Do no, I? that's so, fair enough. No, 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 it's your business, mate. You, you've yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it really matters, Chris, but no. it's It just, it just goes to show, though, that you're not going to build those relationships straight away, are you? It's something that you've worked at, and if you are starting a new business, you need all about relationships, I think. Yeah, relationships and just try everything. So yeah. some of my leads are coming from estate agents. Speak to estate agents. Can can they refer leads to you? Speak to um, other people in your area. Speak to people on Facebook, LinkedIn, do your YouTube. If you're doing it all, you know, some of it will work, won't it? What I love is you've got so many different revenue and uh, ways of revenue streams coming in. You've got your estate agents, you've got your property investors, you've got your networking, you've got your social media. That if networking events close down tomorrow, like they did, you still had your estate agents and your social media. I think that's important. I think that's important because who, who I'm working with here, Chris, he's obsessed with getting in with estate agents and having that route. But, you know, if in five years time they're not about, then we, you need to be diversified, don't you? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you have a, an investment portfolio where everything's in one place. You want to diversify. I think it's a similar thing, to be honest. Very but I think when we're in the day-to-day running of the business and all of your leads are coming from estate agent, you're thinking, oh, that's successful. Let's double down on that. Whereas actually what we need to do is step back and think, right, where else, just in case there's a lockdown and the state agents close tomorrow, yeah. I'm not going to have any leads coming in. Yeah. And the, yeah. This, the, the last 12 months has kind of brought that to the forefront. I think that people need to diversify. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It comes back to adding value as well as a broker. If you're kind of a one-trick pony and you only use the... 10 or so high street lenders or whatever there are, then, I, I, you know, I think you might be restricted to who you can help. And lead sources are the same. You're dead right. Yeah. As many lead sources possible. Yeah. Mate, that brings so. us to the end of the podcast. That was, um, I hope everybody's picked a lot of value out of that because I was sat there and I just wanted to listen to you for ages, listening to uh, how you'd set it up for a, for a business that's only a few weeks old, but you've got so many leads coming through. Um, but you, you have been a mortgage broker for four or five years and you've got that experience. But yeah. it just goes to show the content that you put out last year is now having an effect on the amount of leads that you're having coming, isn't it? Yeah, that def- that's definitely true. I still get stuff coming in now um, from, yeah, as you say, videos from Time One Pass. So people remember it and they now yeah. get in touch when they're ready to buy or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, there's definitely... Um, definitely value in that just quickly going back to your what you were saying about you know if you went off to start somewhere else what what would you do but kind of in a way what i've done here is starting from scratch yeah so i have pretty much replicated what i know already worked for me somewhere else i've just gone and done it on my own yeah so that would be in a way i've only copied an expert where i worked before i then know that works i've gone out and done it on my own effectively and then try to network as much as I can and do as much as I can to get in those variety of lead sources. So that yeah. might be don't speak a slightly to better answer. Done it, done it all yeah. before. Go and speak yeah. to an expert that's done it before. That's Yeah. A mentor, you might say, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you should name your business after that. <laughs> right, mate, awesome. So uh, before you come on the podcast, I asked a charity that's close to your heart and I'll make a £10 donation for you. Oh, what a guy. Uh, C- CPSL Mind, who deal a lot with um, people with mental health issues, as I've explained, very close to my heart. So, um, yeah, the more we can do for them, the better. Awesome. I'll make that donation. Well, Jack, yeah, thank you very much for coming on The Mortgage Mentor. I will put all Jack's um, social media handles in the show notes of the podcast so you can connect with him. Always up for a chat, aren't you? You can have a yeah. chat with anybody. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> No, but Jack, I really appreciate you coming on. Really do. Yeah, likewise, Chris. No, thanks for your time. It's been great. I hope people get some value out of that, genuinely. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Speak to you soon. You're welcome. Take care. 
So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.